0: Just a box. Down here. I am the box.
1: Josh? What are you doing walking around? Don't you know this is a stealth bar?
0: Uh oh. What do I do? What do I do? Hide! I don't see anywhere to hide! What about behind the jukebox? Okay. I know this might give away our position, but want to play some tunes?
2: How could I ever resist?
1: <laughs> My first recommendation comes from Aaron. It's from the game Altered Beast. This track is the opening sequence and stage one music from composer Toru Nakabayashi. It's for the Sega Genesis. Let's take a listen. Aaron writes, Rise from your grave and rescue my daughter, says Zeus. (laughs) Um, yeah. What do you think of this track, Emily?
0: I really like this track a lot. I find it very majestic, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because it's a beat-em-up, and I guess I'm used to more pumped-up jams for beat-em-ups.
1: Oh, it's got a solid... Backbeat,
0: I think. I think it's pumped up. It seems more purposeful and. uh, I don't know how to explain it.
1: Well, you know, I know I played a track from Altered Beast before. That's right. But this game sucks. I'm not into this game anymore. Uh, And you know what's funny is, like, people have a lot of really. positive memories about this game and so did i at one point but it's not good the problem is (laughs) as like an ambassador for games a lot of times my friends will be like oh let's play ultra beast and i'm like all right so i went to a nick like a it's this other arcade that opened in pasadena it's like ten dollars or twenty dollars an hour for all free play and um, my friend wanted to play this game, and I'm like, "All right!" And we beat it. It was so boring.
0: Oh, awesome though. No, no. Congratulations. It was, uh, unlimited
1: tr- credits. Unlimited credits. It's no. It doesn't feel good. No. Uh. It doesn't feel good to beat a game with unlimited credits in the arcade. It's just like you did something. But and then last night—that was like a year ago. But last night, my brother-in-law came over after we had some sushi. And uh, some drinks, and he wanted to play *Altered Beast*, so I bought it on the Wii, you know, oh, just man. for him. We ended up playing it for like three minutes, <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, I know this game sucks."
0: Now, who pulled the plug on it? Was it you or was he ended it him? Up,
1: um,
0: were you? I imagine it, the two of oh, you were sitting there. Oh, you know, just he just there.
1: died. It's just, it's just hard to beat that game. I, right. I think in the first. If you don't change the settings, they give you, like, no continues. So he just died, and then I just jumped into the into the hole. And, uh, because I didn't want to play it anymore either, you know. It, it was kind of the... fun to clean up the second boss, though. Oh, what were you saying?
0: Oh, no, I just, I just, in my mind, I have this image of the two of you sitting there side by side on a couch. And you play it for three minutes, and he dies. Yeah. And there's just silence. And you kind of look at him like... told (laughs) you and there's just an understanding that passes between the two of you and you're like all right let's not do this anymore." no i did
1: i didn't say that this game sucks i was just like all right fine because you know i don't see him that often so i was just like let's go with this but um no i knew i was making a mistake as i purchased it for 800 (laughs) wii points I, I knew those were eight. Oh
0: regret. It's so painful
1: to, to do it, but you know I was just in the right state of mind to do it. Right after that, I bought um, Super Mario 3 just because I'm like, well, at least the value of Super Mario 3 kind of makes up for it. Right. Which is only 500 Wii points. But no, this game is dumb as a game. <laughs> The Basically, you can get good at it by memorizing where the enemies are going to come from and when they're going to come on the level. Right.
0: So, by the way, earlier in this story, if anyone heard any really weird and or disgusting sounds from my side of the conversation, that's because I almost choked on my tea. Oh, yeah. Because I just thought that was really funny. How uh, concretely you were like, yeah, this, this game is
1: yeah, it's beautiful. It was life-changing for many people. I think the concept behind it is very powerful, you know, as a, as a mythology or something like that, but to actually sit down and play it again.
0: Well, hey, we got some really great responses from earlier episodes where we, we asked our patrons to write in with the rumors that they heard on the schoolyard playground about video games. So let me just put to the patrons here, if you remember a game that you thought was great when you were growing up and you revisited it, revisited it as an adult and found out that it was not as great as you remembered, write about it in the comments, because that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm into that.
1: Even though the song is the jam.
0: It is, it really is. I'm going to queue up something coming to us from Patron Retro. This is from the game Okami, and the track is Shinshu Plains Theme. The composers on this are Rei Kondo, Masami Ueda, Hiroshi Yamaguchi, and Akari Groves. And it's for the Wii. says when they ported this game to the Nintendo Wii I had to get it for the simple fact the Wii's motion controls were perfect for using the brush in the game this theme is very Japanese and really gives you the feel of being there running through the landscape
1: I don't know this game but now I'm super intrigued you are like doing uh, Japanese calligraphy or something in the game
0: yeah, it's like uh, Sumie, or I forget the different types, but the inkbrush painting. Is it like an enough. attack
1: when you do an ink, like a painting, right?
0: I don't really know. I just, I remember when this game came out and it sounded really interesting and cool and that it was very art-driven, And but I don't know actually how the gameplay itself works.
1: Hmm. I don't... I don't know why I thought it would be an attack, but I, there was a Final Fantasy game where um, yes, one of the characters would sign his autograph, and that was like an attack.
0: Oh, really? See, I was thinking of Realm from Final Fantasy VI. She's an artist. Oh. And she would, um, I think she would copy the enemies and then be able to attack, use their attacks, something like that. But she was an artist, mm. and it factored in.
1: With this uh, Final Fantasy game, I I think the guy he put, like, he's my, uh, he's Sherlon's brother. And what you do is you put, like, tons of uh, points into your charisma or something like that. Okay. And you're just always upgrading your charisma. And then the guy becomes, like, famous. So <laughs> famous that he can just kind of, like seduce all the enemies into death, basically.
0: Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. No, I don't know about that one. That's funny. That's a cool concept. This is a very seductive track. Um, I. This song is beautiful. Yeah. And it keeps uh, expanding, which I really like. It's already good in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then you think you're looping, and then there's more to it, more to it, more to it. Yeah. Super gorgeous. Maybe you should cash in some of your Wii points on this one.
1: I don't think I can buy this with Wii points because it's a... ...a Wii game. I can use uh, Wii points to buy stuff on the, uh... ...what's it called, the emulator and stuff.
0: Oh, but they wouldn't just necessarily have this on there?
1: Mm, If it's a ported game to the Wii, that means you probably have to buy the disc with real money.
0: Oh, okay. Well, you should have your brother-in-law over, and you should say, hey...
1: (laughs) We'll mail order it.
0: I bought Altered Beast for you, so you owe me. (laughs) We're gonna go buy Okami and play that instead. And then you can eat sushi while you're playing this game, and it'll be this glorious experience. Yeah.
1: It's kind of alright that I got Altered Beast. I think a lot of people are gonna want to play it if if they're over. It kinda completes the uh, Sega Genesis launch experience. Which I <laughs> I do have like golden axe, yeah. You know? I have all three golden axes. So your
0: your house is the cool house in the block.
1: Finally. Yeah.
0: After all this time.
1: After <laughs> all this time. I'm the one with the games. Yeah. yeah.
0: Alright, what else do we have here?
1: Alright, for our next track, I'd like to listen to a title screen from R Type. This is the C64 version, and it was recommended by Retro Nick. Retro Nick writes, In the massive sea of legendary C64 tracks, this one just may be my absolute favorite, and one of my favorite video game tracks overall. I have zero nostalgia for the C64, as I had never even heard the sounds it could make until about five years ago. I simply love it for what it is. No rose-colored lenses here. This one gets me pumped every time I hear it, and it's extremely dangerous to listen to while driving. It's just so high energy. By the way, um, I didn't mention the composer, but they are Chris Holzbeck and Ramiro Vaca. That wasn't what Retro Nick said, that was me giving the composer info
0: right there. It's probably like Hulsbeck. Hulsbeck. There's an, an umlaut over that U. You... Hmm. This song kind of rules. And I completely get what Retro Nick is saying when he says that it's dangerous to listen to while driving. I've had this experience Mm -hmm. listening to a song that's pumping me up and then I realize, Oh, I'm not on the highway anymore. (laughs) I should be toning this down to 30 miles an hour.
1: No, I know. Uh, I was listening to like the racing games mixtape that you made for the Legacy Music Hour. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was driving home on a little part of freeway that's a a little bit intense anyways. It's like a sharp turn and it it dips and goes up. I was listening to the racing game music and I felt like I'm about to die. (laughs) By the way, the idea of having zero nostalgia for something that's old, this is uh, going back to his testimonial. I actually wonder though, do you really have to have experience with a particular game to feel nostalgia because I kind of feel like it might be possible to feel nostalgia for an era, even the pieces of that era that you were not, um, that you didn't partake in at the time. Or even nostalgia for a time when you weren't even alive.
0: I think that's possible. And I think that also, I think nostalgia can be a feeling that doesn't even need to have context.
1: I think you oh, can just
0: feel nostalgic, just like sometimes you can feel sad without a target that's making you sad. But oh. another thing about his testimonial that I really like... Have you ever felt of...
1: sad without a reason to feel sad?
0: Yes, I have. I'm interested in that. Doesn't everybody? Is this not normal? Um, Patrons, is this normal? Please let me know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Should I seek help?
0: <laughs> well, no, so another thing I want to... I wanna talk about in this testimonial is this idea that he doesn't have rose-colored glasses, that he just loves the sound of the C64, and he's mm. not, um, you know, connected to it nostalgically. Because I think texture is really important, and you and I have had conversations about this. I forget what track we were listening to, but, um, oh, it might have been when you were still looking for Yumi Kinoshita, and you were sending me some of her more recent work
1: All right. for other
0: systems... And you were saying you didn't really like them as much as you liked her older things. And I said to you, well, do you think you would have liked this track if it had been composed for the Super Nintendo? If the Super Nintendo sounds had oh, yeah. been what conveyed mm. that song to you, would you have liked it more?
1: Mm. That's a good question. Yeah, and like, would I like Taylor Swift more if the Beatles were playing it or something? Right. Mm.
0: So somehow this links into Retro Nick's testimonial. The idea that, you know, he might have liked this track on a different system, but... Well, I don't know how this links in. It's related in my mind somehow. It is
1: related. You know what I think it um, speaks to? It's sort of like there's a threshold in either direction. Um, in the Into the future and into the past. That it's kind of tough to break through into enjoying a piece of entertainment. Um, from either too future something that sounds too futuristic or too current or something that sounds too old or um or is too old like uh people who like what's that kind of music called like dubstep or something they've kind of like broken forward you know they kind of have done the work to appreciate this new genre but people mm. who like, uh, you know, ragtime, maybe have broken backwards and have done the work to appreciate an older genre.
0: Oh yeah, that's interesting.
1: You know, I'll say one more thing about this song. Please uh, do. I was surprised it was from Commodore 64. This... Sometimes it sounds really cool, like uh, like a Genesis sound or something like that.
0: Oh, this particular track? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that.
1: I've got some more things to talk about, but let's check out this next track first. Emily, you got something else
0: for us? I do. You're so good at keeping things moving along. I just kind of sit here like, la, 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 (laughs) And you're like, okay. (laughs) Okay. So we shall move on. This is going to come from the patron, The Messenger. The game is Game & Watch Gallery for the Game Boy. The track is Oil Panic. And I could not find a composer on this. But maybe one of our patrons will write in and let us know. But here we go. Oil Panic from Game & Watch Gallery. So the messenger left us no message with this one. Oh I know he's done this twice.
1: That's Keeps specialty. it mysterious. His specialty is irony.
0: Yes, that's right. But thank you, the messenger. This track rules. I am so into this track.
1: It's this nice. is one of
0: these uh, songs that I want to just grab musicians and say, "Cover this, please." this and put all of your efforts up on YouTube so I can listen. This is such a tight composition. I forgot what I was gonna talk about. Something about... music? Maybe. Uh, that sounds like a sure bet. Super Nintendo... <laughs> <Psychogenesis>. <laughs> Never thought I would come to this. <laughs> yeah, you could probably uh, freestyle over this. Mm, I don't know about that. What's that? I think I have to go answer the door. <laughs> Josh, just roll for time while yeah. I'm gone.
1: I don't know. I don't know it's not very super hip-hop-y. It kind of is, though. But, um... Yeah, what is this game? I guess you can play all the game and watches on uh, Game Boy? That sounds like torture.
0: <laughs> no, that's exactly what it is, actually. I've never, I've never played a game and watch game. I'm familiar with them, but I've not done it myself. I watched some footage of this one, so. Um...
1: You know, I'll say this about that. <laughs> you know those old um, Tiger games that I think yes. uh, game and watch kind Tiger of. Tiger
0: Electronics games, yes. Yeah,
1: in a way the graphics are awful because it's just shadows and silhouettes of everything, just one color. Yep. But in another way. They're the best graphics in the world because there's no pixelation. That's there's right. There's like curvature on on the little uh, sprites and
0: stuff. Can I talk about Tiger Electronics games for a second here? So Tiger Electronics handheld games factored pretty largely into my life. And when you get them yeah. in the manual, because I'm a manual reader... In the manual, they suggest that when you get a game, that you reset it by putting a pencil in the back. There's a little button that's depressed, <laughs> yeah. so that yeah. you can you reset it just in case some, you know, there's some kind of error that huh. happened in between it's being manufactured and you're getting it. So when you do that, when you press the button in, it will light up all of, yeah, you know, light up the entire LCD screen, so you see every single one yeah. of those graphics. And in the manual, yeah. they also show you what, what it should look like when it's lit up so it just shows you a picture of all of those graphics I used to think that that was just like the most amazing and beautiful thing because I used to think what planning went into cramming all of those pictures in there in a way that would make a game experience because you can't manipulate anything
1: that's true yeah. and
0: just the um, the economy of space that they had to deal with oh it's just that fascinated me
1: that's funny yeah as, as cheesy as it is to watch your character punch the air and then something like a bat to die that's like two feet above your right. fist, <laughs> you gotta realize what they were working with. Right. And uh, that's cool that you respect that. Oh, I think. I mean, somebody a must have been like that. the master of that. You know, like oh, oh, get John to do it. You know, he can totally economize the space of the screen. <laughs>
0: Right. No, there's a complete genius to it. There really is. Especially, um, I still have some of these. Uh huh. And you know, consider something like The Lion King. So I had The Lion King, and you play half of the game as young Simba, and then you play half of the game as adult Simba. So there's no reusing those sprites. You had to figure out how to create kind of two different modes uh-huh. with just this little tiny space, and still make it make sense.
1: Yeah.
0: Is this making sense? Yeah. I just no, think that's that the coolest thing.
1: That's cool about uh, Lion King. I had a double dragon, I think. Oh, nice. And uh, basically you just run forward and, uh, you know, you punch or kick or something. But (laughs) with something about those tiger games, you get to a point where you get good enough at it where the game will never end if you're playing at your top level or whatever, and you just have to die maybe that that the happened that to me I, I think, with, like for me that's beating <laughs> beating double dragon on tiger it was just getting so bored <laughs> destroying everything and uh that you just stop playing you know
0: mine ended i had sonic 2 which i think i got as a birthday present yeah. but i got it before i actually had the sonic 2 genesis game and somehow i thought it was going to be comparable it's not, by the way, yeah. in case anybody had any doubt. <laughs> yeah. I had that one. I had The Little Mermaid, which is a really satisfying experience. I got so good at that game, I could get all of the uh, pickups and... Oh, I was really good at that game. Oh, yeah. Lion King... I played my friend's copy of a Batman game. I don't remember which one. That was hard, but I did manage to beat it at least once. And someone had 101 Dalmatians, and I remember borrowing that one and loving that one, too. But I never had that one myself.
1: Those games mainly consist of walking forward, right? Or Yeah, or picking forward.
0: something up over and over and over again. A lot of repetitive actions. Because yeah. there's not a whole lot that you can be doing. My mom actually just gave me all of my Tiger Electronics games. She found them somewhere in storage. And she was like, you have a house now. Here. <laughs> <laughs> you keep these. Oh man, that's cool. I'll have to crack them open, put some batteries in, and uh, see if I'm still good. I mean,
1: I was playing them, so I think there was something about them that was maybe a little fun, in a way. Meditative, maybe. I don't know. Yes.
0: Yes. No, I would say that, because it's a repetitive thing, but yeah, there's a certain kind of zen mode you can get into with those. Yeah. Just sitting in your mom's car. Yes,
1: it's Tiger. true. That's what Tiger's for, sitting in your mom's car.
0: Long car trips. Absolutely. So yeah, I don't know if Game & Watch Gallery has the same kind of replay value. The originals yeah. is the Tiger Electronics games, but... Possibly. Not, were they... Yeah, I never They were Game little handheld watch. games, right? Huh? They were little handheld games, yeah, right? Yeah, I think they're like actually the same
1: a technology as, uh, you know tiger tiger just had licensing right I think Let's I had a Popeye game double dragon I don't remember I do remember the last one that I saw it they made those for a while and there was a Resident Evil one like in a what? Two, like 1998 or something or 2000 what? Even. yeah but I never played that one I just saw it at the Toys R Us
0: Okay, so yeah, I'm right. These were little handheld games, sort of like the Tiger Electronics things, but obviously not Tiger Electronics. So Maybe they're I thought for some uh, reason maybe they were watches, because there were Nintendo watches. Oh, as I well. I think there
1: are some of them are watches.
0: Oh are they? Let's
1: Yeah, while you look that up, um let's listen to this next track. Oh yeah. Uh, this Oh but that was a jam. Yeah.
0: That song is so good. Yeah.
1: Well it will never leave our hearts, but we must move on. <laughs> we're uh, going to play a song from YY World 2 SOS Parsley Castle. The track is the Twinbee Stage Theme. The composer is Yuichi Sakakura, Kenichi Matsuda, Matsubara, and Satoko Minami. Well, wow, I'm losing my Japanese accent now. It's for the Famicom and this was recommended by our patron Spritz. It's writes, Incredible title, even better soundtrack, suggesting this soundtrack is my way of thanking it for keeping me alert on many a late night, tired drive home. The original music, the vivacious remixes of already great Konami tracks, I love it all.
0: I really like how you brought out that he had separated that last sentence into separate sentences of one word each.
1: Yeah, so I guess, you know, Spritz has had my experience too of uh, playing game music while you're driving home. A
0: lot of us have had this experience, apparently.
1: It's probably, yeah the funnest thing we do in our day-to-day lives.
0: Some of us get a little aggressive, some of us need to stay awake.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so you were saying you couldn't find a watch that's a Game & Watch?
0: Yeah, I can't see if there were any Game & Watches that were actually wristwatches. They look like they're all handheld games.
1: By the way, I loved uh, being Game & Watch in Smash Brothers.
0: Oh, right! Yeah, he's a character.
1: Yeah. And it's what are cool- his moves? <laughs> Some of the things he does actually has that super choppy animation.
0: Oh, that's awesome!
1: So, he has like a hammer that will show a different little digital number on it. So it's kind of a gamble if you use that hammer because uh, you can get one through ten or something like that. And if you oh, just hit a him with the it's like you waste you know you're just wasting everyone's time at that point. <laughs> But, oh, yeah, when he juggles you, you move in, like, three frames or something like that instead of, like, the smooth animation of the game.
0: Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I like that kind of thing. That kind of homage. But, yeah, so this track, um, the Twin Bee stage theme, is probably a cover or a reimagining of of a Twin Bee... Track that already exists. Yeah. I didn't look this up to confirm, but um, as Spritz notes, there are absolutely some straight-up recycled tracks.
1: This game, I was looking at images of it. It looks awesome and hilarious, mm-hmm. actually. You can be so many different characters. First of all, you're like a very, you're like a weird team of people. It looks like, but you can be like a gorilla. Um, You can be like a little Superman You can be a ninja I think a a princess But the funniest thing you can be is uh, an Easter Island head
0: Yeah, the Maui Moai
1: Yeah Yeah. Moai A mysterious culture, right? An enigmatic culture
0: Yes They were gone Use that vocabulary word appropriately
1: (laughs) They were gone when, uh, when we got there, right? When we, the Western world, discovered I believe so. There's no people.
0: Yeah, the Moai the Moai heads are those Easter Island uh statues that are heads and those pop up a lot in uh Parodius. Oh yes. Yeah. So maybe that originates from twin bee games, maybe they're in Twin Bee games and somehow that just got seized upon as a an image to keep using. They're really funny. In in Proteus Da, the the Moai heads wear, like, sunglasses. They're super cool. (laughs) We have a bunch of hits in this episode. Can I just say, I'm, like, having the best time right now. This song is so beautiful. It's so cool. Yeah, we got Ah. cool.
1: I think it's the cool jam episode. The cool jam. Um... By the way, this is basically off topic, but I wanted to talk about it before the show. Or it's something that I wanted to talk about during the show, but I forgot to talk about it during the track where it would have been more appropriate to speak about it, which is, remember in the episode where you um, ate the blue pill and you got super buff and I said to shrink you back down, I'd have to punch you? Yep. I was wrong. I'm wrong. You, you don't lose your power in Altered Beast when you die. Or ah. get hurt. You lose your power in Altered Beast when uh, the evil dude comes out and steals your power. At the end of the level.
0: So are you telling me that I've been super buff this whole time, but we just got <laughs> used to it and we stopped noticing?
1: Um, It's possible, you know. You, never, you didn't notice that I shaved today.
0: Oh, well... I didn't, but... How embarrassing. We're being such bad friends. <laughs> not keeping up on what's going on in each other's lives.
1: You just get used to changes, though.
0: Oh, speaking of, uh, cool jams. Yeah. Sort of. This is very tangentially related. But our patron Spritz, does Spritz not sound like a really refreshing lemon-lime drink? I always feel like I want to have a Sprite when we talk about spritz.
1: Yeah. Spritz.
0: Spritz, you should develop your own lemon-lime soda. Name it Spritz. And I'll totally drink it on the air. You know,
1: (laughs) he must be uh, a cool, a chill dude. You know, maybe his name does have to do with his uh, demeanor or something. Because if he goes around town listening to jams like this... Oh, yeah, There's definitely. He's got to be a totally refreshing dude.
0: And if it doesn't come out in the audio, Spritz is spelled with a Z. Oh, yeah, that's true. So he's a refreshing and cool dude, reminiscent of the 90s. We were putting Zs on everything and dropping the Gs on the ends of words. Mm-hmm. getting so distracted by these tracks, I'm sorry. I just kind of space out and rock out over here by myself.
1: No, it's great. I'm not
0: doing my job, I'm not doing my job filling the airtime.
1: No, I think you can just let the music do that sometimes.
0: Alright, well speaking of jams, we're gonna move on to another excellent, excellent, excellent jam. This is a recommendation from patron Hobie, and it's another C64 track, in fact. What? Yep. It's from the game Commando, and the track is High Score. So here we go. Oh, Rob Hubbard, if we didn't already know. Rob Hubbard is the composer on this one. Commando, High Score, Rob Hubbard, C64, Hobie. Here we go. Hobie says, I've already pestered Emily with lots of Rob Hubbard C64 stuff, and the main tune for this game is amazing as well, but the Megami Tensei game over music, looping, and comments you guys made brought this to mind. It's been so long now that I don't know which episode that Hobie's referring to, but uh, this is a track that I actually already knew about um, before he sent it in because I'm sure some of our patrons have seen this, but if you haven't, there's a guy on YouTube whose handle is LFTKRYO. And you might know him as the Chippophone guy. He actually took um an electric organ and he repurposed it to play chiptune sounds. And he would play covers of chiptune music on this chipophone and film himself doing it, so. In one of those videos, he played this song, so, that's how I know the tune. Oh. We'll link him, but I highly encourage that people check out his channel, because he does really amazing stuff with um, hardware. He has a a lecture series that he did on video game music, and he points out things like why so many um, old chiptune tracks are in the same tempo. Oh, really? And stuff like that. Yeah, but he gives you the technical reasons why that occurs. So totally fascinating stuff. He does his own original compositions. The guy, I think, is a genius. Just definitely check him out. L-F-T-K-R-Y-O.
1: And we'll put that in the uh, episode description,
0: right? Yes, we'll definitely do that. I'll even um... link to the uh, the video where he covered this tune. I don't. I know this isn't related because
1: this is Rob Hubbard, and um, but just the fact that he's a Western composer reminded me of something I wanted to tell you about Matt Furnace. Oh, really? Yeah. You can't tell
0: First... me anything I don't know about Matt Furnace, but go ahead and try. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, sure.
1: Well, one thing I found out about Matt Furnace. You know how we were uh, imagineering that. TV show about video game composers in the late 80s.
0: Yes, Capcom Girls.
1: The Capcom Girls. And then I was saying that'd be cool if they had some sort of relationship with the western composers. Yep. Well, I don't think it would be weird, actually. I think it happened. And I'll tell you why. First of all, I befriended Matt Furness on Facebook recently. <gasps>
0: no way. Um,
1: But before I also want to uh, let everybody know who's also a fan of the Legacy Music Hour, you know Family Jewels? Yes. He had a podcast called the Retro Relapse Podcast where he interviewed Matt Furness. So maybe I could link to that actually. Yeah, uh, we should do
0: that. We made a passing reference to that in one of our previous episodes.
1: But I am digressing. Um... The, po- the thing is, if you go to Matt Furness's uh, Facebook page, he's like, married to a Japanese woman, first of all. But he's also a, uh, re- his religious affiliation is like a very specific Japanese kind of Buddhism. Oh, I don't really remember what it was, but the um, thing is, Matt Furness did go to Japan, obviously. Right. And he made that a part of his life. So... Maybe he could meet the Capcom girls. I don't know.
0: I do sometimes wonder how aware these composers were of each other and if they hung out. We've even talked about that before.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I think Matt Furness was thinking about it, at least, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Some of them were thinking about it more than others, I'm sure. Because I think, like, um... Uh, Van Dyke, Van Dyke or whatever What's that guy's name?
0: Uh, Jeff Van Dyke
1: Jeff Van Dyke He seems like he wasn't thinking about it at all He's the Skitchen guy, right? Yep Yeah, if you listen to the interview Skitchen! on Legacy Music Hour Excuse me, I pronounced
2: like... that wrong <laughs> Skitchen! Skitchen!
1: If you listen to his uh, feature on the Legacy Music Hour He says like he wasn't really listening to video game music He was just trying to emulate like uh, alternative
0: music or whatever Oh yeah, that's right kind of forgotten about that. Yeah. But this song is great, is it not? I mean, this melody is just so good.
1: You know, one thing that's really cool about doing a request show is uh, every song is good, basically. Mm. Somebody likes all of them, so it makes it a lot of fun and makes it pretty easy to do this show.
0: Yeah, that's true. We don't have to go through things and vet whether or not we think they're good. We just go with the patron suggestions and they're always good. Good job, guys! Yeah. Oh, I want to say one thing about this track specifically, though, if I could. Alright. Have you played the game Portal 2? Uh, no. Alright. So at the end of the game, I'm not really going to talk about it, but there's a song that happens at the end of the game. And there's a line, there's a melody line in high score for Commando that is spot on with a melody line in that song in Portal 2, so... Oh, okay. I just thought that was interesting, because as I was listening, you know, obviously Commando came first. But as I was listening to this, it sort of transported me back to, or forward, I guess I should say, to Portal 2, and I thought that was really interesting.
1: Well, speaking of things that are not at all related... um... (laughs) Yes? Yes? I thought I would uh, take us back to Burger Time, time. Please also, do for a second. Yes. So in Burger Time, I I beat the first two levels perfect the other oh. day, yesterday. I had like seven peppers, all my lives. Made it to the 3rd level like that, and then I did beat the 3rd level, and I saw the 4th level.
0: Unbelievable.
1: And, yeah. And, it's kinda cool because, um, you know, it's so hard beating the 3rd level that you wonder, how are they gonna make me wanna come back to this game? Well, on the 4th level, you're making like, double hamburgers. <laughs> so, I gotta get back there, I gotta make those double hamburgers.
0: This Okay, there are a couple things I want to say about this. One, how old-school arcade is that to say to people, and I saw the fourth board, <laughs> and everyone goes, <gasps> yeah. that's one thing. And two, so you can get more peppers in this game? I thought you were limited to the three you start with.
1: Apparently, you get another pepper once in a while. I don't know what was triggering that. Um...
0: You, you know, know what was triggering that? The fact that you're good at this game, and I'm not. <laughs> so I don't even know. What I think, like, maybe when get. you
1: beat the level, you get a pepper. I don't know. Something like maybe. That. I don't know. But, um, oh <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. It was sad because I couldn't get the high score on my own game, you know, that I owned for a while. And uh... I finally got the high score on my own game. And have failed at uh, getting back to the fourth level since then. So I only saw it once, and I played it like probably twelve times after that. Just, uh, I'm, but I'm getting better at the third level though, and getting to the third level. So
0: I kind of feel like this commando high score track sums up a lot of the, the bitter sweetness and struggle that you're going through with Burger Time. <laughs> it somehow captures the, uh... the zeitgeist of oh, your it's the, experience
1: and the like the pres- the prestige
0: you know? yeah that was a very satisfying edition of Burger Time time
1: <laughs> yeah
0: I can't wait to hear about your further exploits
1: I can't wait to make one double hamburger I'm so excited
0: <laughs> when you do you should take a picture of it and then you should share it with the patrons yeah so and I can...
1: started coming up with names for the levels based on the hamburger you make mm-hmm. number one Level one is Garden Burger. Number two Mm -hmm. is Egg Sandwich. Number three is Catering. I call it Catering because you have to make, like, a bunch of different kinds of little sandwiches.
0: Oh, right. Like finger food. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then level four is going to be, you know, Double Burger or whatever. I don't know why they make the hamburgers, like... The patty's greenish in the Nintendo port. It looks so gross.
0: Oh, I haven't seen.
1: Well, you know, whatever. It's satisfying. That's why I called it Garden Burger. Maybe it's like a vegetable patty. I don't know. I'm hungry. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Can't wait for dinner. (laughs) Alright. Well, speaking of dinner... Are we supposed to be keeping our voices down still? Oh, yeah. Oh, crud. Well, thanks to everyone for hanging out with us. Especially our track recommenders today. Aaron. Retro. Retro Nick. Because where there's a retro, there has to be retro Nick. The Messenger. Spritz and Hobie.
1: And to everyone else who's written in and submitted suggestions, keep them coming. Click the Suggest the Track button on the right-hand side of the VGMjukebox.blogspot.com fill out the survey, and send your recommendation our way.
0: You can also follow us on Twitter. We are at VGMJB. And if you want to find Josh on Twitter, his handle is at Josh Adachi again.
1: And you can find Emily
0: at Keyglyph. You're still being stealthy. I kind of gave up. ba <laughs>
1: Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any podcatcher, and please remember to rate at the iTunes store. Uh, if you do, I'll give you some coins. Nathan, aka Utopia Nemo, gets some today, and so does Gordy One Two Nine. You've been good
0: patrons,
1: um, so here's your bribe. <laughs> <yeah>. Don't <laughs> drop it on the ground; someone might hear you.
0: Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And I also wanted to announce a new feature that we have here What? in the bar. So here's the thought. So our podcast is very community centered and it's all about sharing and talking with each other. So I thought, you know, bars or other establishments often have kind of a community bulletin board, right? Where you can walk past and you can read flyers that people have stuck up. So um, I put up this bulletin board very quietly earlier today. So the idea is if you're a patron of our podcast and you have a video game related or music related project or event, you could post it up on this board and the other patrons that come here to the bar can see it too on their way out. So we would ask that if you want to do this, that you keep it pretty short, um, maybe 15 seconds long or 30 seconds long, but you can kind of your little project, so that other people are aware of it. I think that would be cool. I think the patrons want to know what what they're up to, what each yeah, other is up is, to. That is a good and idea. Be involved in your stuff. So we actually do have a, a flyer that we are going to post up, um, or have posted up. So patrons on your way out, um, you will be able to read that flyer and see what maybe some of your fellow patrons are up to. So enjoy it.
1: All right so I guess we better sneak our way out of here
0: oh but well, we should mention also too that we have a Facebook page oh another place for patrons to connect and have conversation you can join us at facebook.com slash the jukebox um, so you have a lot everyone has a lot of places to congregate now this is kind of interesting but remember the blog is the place to be that's the main meetup So but I don't think that we're going to turn into uh, social media addicted, you know, if we're ever, if we ever someday in the future have some kind of real live in person VGM JB meetup, um, I don't think that either one of us is going to be staring at our phones instead of interacting with the people sitting right next to us. So never fear. I will be staring at my Game
1: Boy, however. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's right. You know, sometimes I think about that. Sometimes I think about when people complain about like, oh, kids these days are always on their smartphones and stuff. And sometimes I think, you know, I was that kid with a Game Boy. And why does that seem any better? Yeah. Does it seem more noble somehow? Because (laughs) I was restricted to... Yeah, because at least you were dying,
1: you know.
0: But sometimes I wonder about that. Sometimes I honestly wonder, you know, my older brother is four and a half years older than I am. And I got, uh, I had to come along on a lot of trips to places like um, Guitar Center that, you know, I really didn't have any personal investment in. And I was allowed to bring my Game Boy, and sometimes I wonder what were other adults thinking as they saw little me kind of trailing behind my my mom and my brother playing my Game Boy. Were they judging me? They are probably thinking about, you know, how awful
1: the next generation was going to be
0: of all those sweet LCD graphics we had stereo sound
1: Yeah, not like if you're looking at a tiger game in public then people just admire you. <laughs> They're like, "Wow." <laughs> yeah, he's probably thinking about his classes right now as he plays <laughs> the super repetitive Double Dragon uh, game.
0: Oh. Poor poor little Joshua.
1: Popeye was fun though, I gotta say.
0: We'll defend Popeye.
1: I've got one more request to make. And I'm kind of thinking of these games with super limited graphics. Um, But I used to have something and I can't find any evidence of it ever having existed. Uh, Patron, if you've ever played a 3D game... Where you're an airplane flying in a circle, you kind of put it up to your eyes, and you have just a button to shoot. I think maybe there was another button, but um, it was it had limited graphics because you could you know it wasn't like a smooth animation and things could only occupy one spot. But it was in three D and it was in color and it was glorious. Ah, huh. yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I was extremely young. And I don't know what that was. If anybody's ever played that game, please let me know. Well, let's sneak out of here. And uh, right. we'll just check out the bulletin board on our way out. And hopefully nobody sees us.
0: All right. Here we go. Let's go. Whatever. Okay. All right. Oh, everybody meet us back here in two weeks. At the VGM Jukebox.
1: Hey, Emily, Josh, and patrons of the Video Game Music Bar, I'm Andrew Jones, but you might know me as Quality from the VGM Jukebox comment section. I'm releasing my first solo album, No, on Friday, April 8th, 2016, via the internet. You can find out more at hearandrewjones.com, that's hear like the sense of hearing, or listen to some tracks from the album at my Bandcamp page, andrewjones.bandcamp.com. Thanks everyone, see you in the comment section. I'm a man of